Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. and say something good will happen to me this week in Jesus name Genesis chapter 45 I'll read it in just a moment I want to do part two this morning of triggers part two of overcoming my triggers I will not be long before you discuss part two last week we had a good conversation uh, we talked about um, last week what are triggers and we begin to talk about healing uh, acknowledgement is the first step or is the beginning of healing and healing starts with acknowledgement and um, I felt like I wasn't finished that I got more to talk about and um, God gave me something um, gave me this revelation and I need to drop it on you and so what are triggers real quick triggers are sensory uh, sensory reminders that cause painful memories or certain symptoms to resurface as I explained last week to you there's two types of triggers there are internal triggers meaning uh, a trigger that comes from within the person it can be a memory a physical sensation or uh, an emotion then you have what we call external triggers External triggers come from the person's environment. They can be a person, place, or a specific situation. As I stated to us last week, everybody in this room got triggers. Everybody. Triggers are anything that might cause a person to recall a traumatic experience they've had. Anything. And so how are these triggers formed? They're formed when we experience trauma. Our brains tend to store surrounding sensory stimuli to memory. Layman's terms meaning that the things that trauma that you go through in your life, you store them in your head. Matter of fact, you've been storing them since a child. And you begin to see that some of these things surface as you get in your adult life. Everyone's triggered from the kid to the adult. And so they are formed because when we encounter these sensory triggers years later, the brain may uh, reactive, reactive, uh, reactivate, excuse me, the feelings associated with these traumas. All right. And so the reason why this is important is because whatever you don't deal with will continue to be a hindrance in your life. Whatever you refuse to address, it will always be a burden and it will affect your other relationships. This last week we talked about acknowledgement, but this week I want to talk to you about healthy confrontation. Healthy confrontation. There are certain things so when you acknowledge that hey, I am triggered. When you're honest with yourself and you're honest with uh spiritual counselors and also therapy because I encourage therapy. You have to understand that it is not Jesus and anything. Jesus uses all things and all means to bring about healing in your life. Are you hearing what I say? Ladies and gentlemen, 
there are some things that, let's be honest, that if you, if that trigger would be in front of you, or that particular memory that comes out of nowhere, and that because something reminded you of what happened into your life, it causes intense emotions. It causes such intense emotions that begin to manifest in one's life. And so today I bring before you in Genesis chapter 45, this man by the name of Joseph. Here we go. It reads this way. It says, then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. The Bible records, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Verse 3 says, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. They were terrified. They couldn't believe it. Verse 4 said, and Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, with, um, your brother whom you sold into Egypt. Then he says, but now do, but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. I think I'm going to stop there. Hello, I'm Vernon Hill Sr., teaching pastor here at TCF. Hello, my name is Aretha Hill. I am the director of Glory Girls. Thank you for watching us today. If you're in need of a church community and you feel the Lord leading you to connect to this ministry, become more than a member. Be a partner. When you partner with TCF, you become an agent of change, assisting the vision and the mission of the church to connect lives of the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. We would love to partner in community and do life with you. So come to TCF. We look forward to seeing you. And remember, transformation starts here. God sent me here to preserve life. Can I take you on a little journey for a second? Let's take you on a little journey here. We have this man by the name Joseph. Joseph, ladies and gentlemen, at this part of where we are in this particular text, he is now the governor of Egypt. What made him become the governor of Egypt is because he was able to interpret Pharaoh's dream. He interpreted the dream and said, hey, you're going to have seven years of prosperity, but you're going to have seven years of famine. You're going to have seven years of so much prosperity, but the seven years of famine is going to be worse than prosperity that you're going to experience. It's going to be so bad. So here's what you got to do for the seven years of prosperity. You need to store up grain and wheat and all of those things because famine is coming. No one else could interpret his dream and Pharaoh couldn't trust nobody else. So what he said, because of this, he made Joseph the leader of it. Oh, but Joseph's story, why it sounds glam that he made it at that point that he's the governor now and all things well. Joseph, my friend, has gone through some stuff. Joseph, ladies and gentlemen, it, first, it all started when God gave him a dream. <laughs> Sometimes that is, the, that is the focal point now that Joseph had a dream that what we see in Genesis 45 became manifested. Yeah. But before that happened, 
he had a dream. And according to the scripture that Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. Joseph, listen, he listen, he was favored about all uh, 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 than all of his brothers. He had a coat of many colors. He was like Jacob's prized child. And that envied his brothers so much. So his older brothers couldn't stand Joseph. They could they didn't like him. Why they didn't like him? Because their father Jacob unintentionally started this envy that was in them. So you got to be careful as a parent because sometimes what you do, you don't know what it's doing to your other kids. And there's favoritism that starts being played. Yeah. Here we have it, ladies and gentlemen, that he has his dream and he gets the dream from God. And Joseph comes to them and say, hey, y'all, y'all going to be y'all going to kneel down before me one day. Y'all going to all y'all. And his brothers couldn't stand that. Like, we ain't kneeling down to this joker. I ain't doing it. The brothers got together. What can we do to get rid of him? I don't like this young guy. <laughs> Let's get rid of Joseph. <laughs> they start conspiring to get rid of Joseph. They, they, they start conspiring like, eh, Joseph, he ain't my cup of tea. Let's make sure daddy don't miss him. That's what they did. So they came up with a plan, a plot. They were first, they won't kill Joseph. But when they saw uh, uh, the others who were being taken captive, there was one other brother said, no, let's not kill him. Hold on. Let's throw him and sell him captive. So Joseph gets sold into slavery because of the envy of his brothers. Park that in your mind for a second. Now let's fast forward. He gets sold. He's in Potiphar's house. And the Bible said that he excelled there. He did great. But here's the problem. Potiphar's wife, she had a little lust in her. Had a little lust. They said Joseph was a handsome man. And Potiphar's wife was looking to play. <laughs> she saw the opportunity and said, oh, Joseph. Come through the door. See, you brothers need to learn a lesson from Joseph. That everything that's enticing don't mean that you need to go through that door. She sounded good. Oh, Joseph, come on along. And you know what Joseph did? Joseph ran. Hey, I know... I know that she might have the package, brothers. But it's not worth the journey of your salvation. Not that you'll lose it, but it's not worth with messing up your witness. And the church said, you go have it in temptation in high school, you go have it in college, and guess what? When you get it as an adult, you go have it there too. I don't care what these people tell you on TikTok and Instagram. I'm not a one-woman man and all that stuff. Don't listen to that stuff. They're going to get you caught up. Listen, so he, he's there, and Potiphar, she had the nerve to lie on Joseph. To say, oh, no, he tried to take me. She lied on him. So lying gets him put in prison. The man was excelling at his job. The woman lies on him. And yet, 
he gets put in prison. Now, let me help you understand something. Was God not with Joseph because all of these things were happening to him? You begin to see the sovereignty of God, that God does not work against human will, nor does he work against the evil of man. Because if that was the case, Romans 8.28 wouldn't be a thing. That all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and that are called according to his purpose. It means all things, even the envy of his brothers, the manipulation and lie of Potiphar, and now he's in jail. Because eventually, as we'll see later, that the brothers, God just used it to serve his ultimate purpose. You have to realize in your life that there's certain things that God will allow to happen to you, not because it was fair, but it serves the ultimate goal. Are you hearing what I say? Because some people think that because I go through things, maybe God don't like me or God is not with me. And that's a lie. Sometimes God has to use and let's put it this way. God chooses to use certain things to to mature us in the process. Because there's things about Joseph that needed to be matured. He was a showman. (laughs) That's part of the reason why they put him in, put him, sold him in the first place. There's a there's a process of humility that must be gained. Are you hearing what I say? Ladies and gentlemen, Joseph is now thrown in jail, and Pharaoh's cupbearer and the baker and all that, they thrown in jail too. But Joseph has the ability to interpret dreams. But he gets here, ladies and gentlemen, in prison. Both of Pharaoh's servants have dreams. Joseph tells one of the servants, unfortunately, you're going to die, but you're going to be allowed to go back into Pharaoh's court. Ooh, that's tough to tell somebody. You're going to die. Your head's going to get chopped out. I'm sorry. But you, on the other hand, you're going to be allowed to go back there. All right? And so he tells him that dream. I'm paraphrasing everything because I'm not trying to spend so much time on the story. So Pharaoh then has a dream. He calls in all his sorcery, witchcraft, magicians, all of them, and like, y'all need to interpret this dream for me. Because if nobody interprets the dream the right way, I'm going to kill all y'all. That's how Pharaoh was rolling. If y'all don't tell me the dream, I'm about to kill all y'all up in here. And we're going to start this all over again until somebody tell me what my dream is. That's what he said. I'm killing all y'all. And the servant that Joseph interpreted the dream to came back to him like, uh, uh, I know of him. I can't tell you the dream, Mr. Pharaoh. I, I, I can't tell you. Uh, Mr. Pharaoh, listen, I, I can't tell you the dream. I, I can't tell you, but I, I know I know somebody in jail who told me I'll be back here. Yeah. Let me just get him for a second, and then all of our lives will be spared. <laughs> so Joseph comes out of the jail, and he tells his story. Tells that man his dream, and I told you he's seven years of famine, seven years of seven years of prosperity, seven years of famine. So now things are going according to the plan, and theologians believe that at this time, this is around the second year of the famine. But guess who comes in Genesis chapter forty-three? I got to give you this. At this moment, he's the governor, ruling over Egypt. He got that type of power. Joseph is that man. At this time. But the famine has come. And Canaan, ladies and gentlemen, is suffering famine. 
But you notice that when Pharaoh, when Joseph gets in power, you don't hear him talking nothing about his family. Joseph out of sight, out of mind. How many of you like me? If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. I ain't paying attention to you. I definitely am not going to pay attention to what hurt me and got me here in the first place. But just because it's out of sight, out of mind, and it manifests there, don't mean it is not there. <laughs> see, what we do, like I told you last week, we'll put it under the rug. And as long as we don't see the person, hear from them, or even certain memories, as long as it don't come up, I'm good. And that's a lie. Because when it manifests itself, then you start, man, you start remembering certain things. In Genesis chapter 43, this is in the midst of the famine. And Jacob sends his brothers, excuse me, Jacob sends his sons to go down to Egypt to get grain. Because if they didn't, they would die. And guess what? As they go through the line, Joseph sees the very people and immediately his trigger. He's triggered immediately. Joseph didn't overcome his trigger. Because the moment he saw them, those things started to manifest within his heart. And now, ladies and gentlemen, he's at a position that he can make his brother's life a living hell or decide to show mercy to them. Hallelujah. And with some of us, ladies and gentlemen, we're at a place in our life that I can decide if I want to really, re, uh, really get my revenge or decide if I'm going to show mercy. But immediately he's triggered. Why is he triggered? Because he never dealt with the fact that his brothers sold him. And that is the reason why he's here. Let's take out for a second, whatever, the Joseph situation. There are things in your personal life, no matter what you will try to say to yourself or convince you otherwise, that when you see certain people or certain environments you walked in, it triggers you on a whole nother level. And those thoughts that man of that happened and that trauma that happened in that time resurfaces. And because it resurfaced, ladies and gentlemen, you're now in a place of feeling uneasy. Joseph was feeling uneasy because he's seeing his brothers. Pastor Brandon, how do I deal with the fact that the person that molested me, I see them? How do I deal with the fact that the divorce I had, I got to deal with them? How do I deal with the fact, Pastor Brandon, that, that, that there's certain, that my, when I see my parents, my mother or father, and I see them and they cause certain triggers that happen in my life, I can't even really stomach to be around them. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's called you have to deal with the offense. Whatever you don't confront will torment you. I'm not here to be tormented. I'm here to confront it so that it no longer has the same effect on me. So it no longer has the same effect on me. Because let me tell you something, as I told you last Sunday, the trauma may not go, but the way you react to it will be different. It won't have a hold on you. I'm not telling you that all your bad memories are going to leave. You still may have the memory, but the memory won't trigger you like that. And so Joseph sees his brothers 
and immediately he calls them into his presence. And as many a times as I observe this, Joseph spoke to them as an Egyptian and had someone as an interpreter to speak to them. To play the role that he don't know who they are. Oh, let me tell you something. There's, let me, let me come on. Let, can, can we can we have real talk in the room for a second? There are people that you know from your past, even though they may not remember you, you remember them. See, you can act dumb all, and you play dumb like, ah, oh, I don't know you. I've never met you. I never, I, I never had a conversation with you. Play it dumb. And that's what Joseph was doing. How, brother, you know how to speak Hebrew. Why are you using an interpreter? I've never seen that in the text. I'm, I'm, as many times I've read Genesis 45, I'm like, you know what? Joseph really was playing with them. But Joseph had to see if, the, let me tell you something. Joseph, I'm going to be honest, he had to see if those, those brothers changed. Because there's some people like, oh, Lord, here they come again. You see them on your caller ID on your phone. on your, on your uh, Hopefully you have an Apple. But you see them. <laughs> let me tell you. I'm praying for you, Andrew users. But anyway, <laughs> I see them on my phone. And you can make that decision if you go click them off. There's certain people, let me tell you something. I see their number come across my phone and I say, I ain't answering this. I ain't answering this. You're going to voicemail. <laughs> I'm not answering you. <laughs> not answering this. You had to kind of see, you had to vet them for a second. Did they change? Because some people come back around and they, they, they give on the appearance that, oh, we're so different, you know. God has done a work in my life. I'm no longer the same person I was. I'm so different now. Okay, let's see. Joseph, ladies and gentlemen, is here. He sees him in Genesis 43. He's immediately triggered. And what he does is he calls him in. But yet Joseph is a little merciful to them. He's a little merciful to them. And then in Genesis chapter 44, this is another thing that he does. In Genesis chapter 44, he has his servant put a, a, a cup in one of the bags of his brothers. And he put it in Benjamin's bag because that was his closest brother. Yeah. He puts it in Benjamin's bag and see what they will do. So they get it. They, they realize, wait a minute, the cup is in his bag. And they immediately come. Oh, we didn't do anything. I, I promise you, we, we did not take that cup. I don't know how it got there. Joseph playing dumb. Oh, no, y'all evil. I mean, he playing tricks on him. He having a little fun with this whole thing. He trying to get a little bit of payback. I don't care what nobody say. Joseph was toying with his brothers. How in the world you go out of your way to make sure that that servant, listen, put the cup in his bag. Let's see what they out in his barn. <laughs> we gonna see if they really changed or not. We, we gonna see today. Hey y'all, my name is Boomi, and I would like to invite y'all to go ahead and download our TCF app if you don't already have it. If you do have it, just know we have some new updates coming for you. You'll be able to connect with us, gain access to our exclusive content, see our live experience and sermons. You'll have access to this app in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Don't miss out. And remember, transformation starts here. And so he, he, he puts the cup in there and they were like, uh, 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 and the cup ended up being in Benjamin's bag. And they were like, this is the test. 
Because this time, they fought for Benjamin, but they didn't, but Joseph remembered, they didn't fight for me. <laughs> they were like, oh, no, listen, you, you, uh, 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 brother, brother governor, uh, <clears throat> we can't go back to our father who's already feeling low in his spirit without Benjamin. So can we work out a deal? Can we do something that we can bring him back? Why don't you pick anybody else? One of ourselves. Then hear Judah speak up. Judah, then Judah, his brother, hey, can you reconsider? Can you, can you reconsider? Joseph's like, nah. <laughs> he playing with them. He's toying with them. Brandon, what does this have to do with healthy confrontation? You're going to see. Because after a while, you can't keep up the act. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm coming to a close. I ain't long. Listen, he sees them. Joseph, he saw them in 43, put them to the test in 44, and they went to back to try to make sure that Benjamin would not stay here in Egypt. And Joseph could tell that because they went to back for Benjamin, that they had, there was a level of change that happened in them. Here's what I've learned. If you don't overcome your trigger, you will not allow the grace for people to have changed and what they've done to you in your life because you will still hold them to that place. This is why it's so important. You'll still hold them to that place. So now we're in Genesis 45. I'm coming to a close. We're in Genesis 45 and Joseph couldn't hold it anymore. He reaches his breaking point and he is crying. Now, mind you, this ain't the first time he bust out and cried. He just couldn't show them that he was crying. Because if he cried, that would give away that. Wait a minute, what's up with this brother? Why is he crying for? We don't even know him. In Genesis chapter 43 and verse 24, he goes around in his secret place and he cries. Because he's not healed fully from what has happened to him. And he really wants to hold on to that bitterness. But in Genesis 45, he has to confront what has been tormenting him all of his life. Because let's be honest, I don't care about Potiphar setting me up. I don't care about that. What I care most about is my own blood would even put me in the situation that I'm in in the first place. Some of you, ladies and gentlemen, you don't care what other people have done. It's those who were close to you that did what they did. And now you're saying to yourself, I, listen, I can get with that. But I can't get with this. Here you go out here. And I'm at where I am and I'm still dealing with this. And there's people who have died in your life and you still held them like they're still alive. Because you ain't let it go. And you're bitter. You're angry. And it's robbing you of the peace of God. Because every time the memory comes in, it haunts you. 
And Joseph, he separated himself twice because he cried and he wept. And in 45, he says, listen, clear out the whole room. Get everybody out. I can't show this in front of the Egyptians. I've got to handle this personally. This is a personal matter. Clear out everybody. I got to handle this because God was dealing with Joseph from 40 chapter 43 to chapter 45. And here's the revelation God gave me and I'm going out of here. It is, it is easier to be bitter than to have the faith to forgive. It don't take no work for me to be bitter. I can do that. That's easy. <clears throat> I can be angry all day. Never deal with my anger issues. Never deal with my bitterness. That's easy. It's a lot harder when I got a number one confront me. Before you confront anybody else, you got to confront you because you got to realize what am I holding myself up by not giving forgiveness to them? What am I holding myself up for not releasing this offense? And yes, you are rightfully so. Yeah, you have every right to be angry. You do. It happened to you. You have every right to be. But what I've noticed in my counseling with people is that they hold on so much of what their right to be angry than their right to be whole. Yeah, you have the right to be angry, but I got the right to have peace. Yeah, I have the right to hold on to my bitterness, but I have the right to release grace. Jesus said, forgive so that your sins may be forgiven. Because while I, on this time, in the victim, I've also been someone who've caused hurt as well. You're not perfect. None of us are. We have made caused hurt with people unintentionally or not knowing or intentionally and knowing. You know, let's be honest. We ain't all. The Lord Jesus is still working with us. We're still in the process of sanctification, coming into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's the thing that I've learned. It's easy to do that, but it takes faith to heal. And so that's why sometimes people don't get off a certain substance abuse. It's because it's easier to rely on that crutch, that crutch of the alcohol, of smoking, uh, smoke, getting high, all of those things. Why? Because that's easier. It's hard by faith to get out of it. And you got to confront the fact that I'm better by not being bitter. Mm, that's it, that's it. Second thing I learned, and this is the revelation I'm going to give you, and I'm out of here. We're getting out of here. What Joseph had to understand, and this is what we miss in the whole thing, there is a choice to be made. What are you talking about, Pastor Brandon? Here's the choice. Why God put him there was to preserve life. And him standing in the position of power will determine if God's will would be done. What am I telling you? Yeah, you can be angry. You are justified. But God's purposes has to be greater than your trigger. God's will has to be greater than your trigger. Because if Joseph doesn't deal with it and he holds on the bitterness, 
he will cause a whole generation to die that God has set apart for himself. God's will has to be greater than your hurt. It has to trump your trigger. It has to be what you concern because now you understand. And this is why Joseph said what he said. Listen, it really wasn't you who did what you did. God allowed it so I could see sent here. Here we go to preserve life. At the end of the day, if they did not Jacob, Israel comes out of Jacob. And if he does not preserve his father and preserve his brothers, then what will become of the children of Israel that you read in Exodus? Hallelujah. Because while in Egypt, yeah, we tell you about all the hell they went through, but they grew. Hallelujah. They grew into the millions. And when it was time, God delivered them out of it. Why? It's because God made a promise to Abraham. Oh my God. And from that promise, he had to keep it. And Joseph had to come in alignment with the will of God. Me forgiving you don't got nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me being in line to the will of God. That his will on my life is greater than what you could ever do to hurt me, harm me. It's greater than even what I would even do to myself. His will got to be more important than what my hurt is because at the end of the day there's nothing you do for God that he will not return to you in this life and into the next are you hearing what I say that there's things that God has that that's what I can throw off this garment oh my God I can throw off this heaviness and put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that he said come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest How do I experience the rest of God? I love, oh my God, if I abide in him and I, oh my God, and abide in his word, I can ask whatever and he will do it. When I abide in the abiding presence of the almighty God, then guess what? He is a shield for me. He is the glory and he's the lifter of my head. I shout hallelujah. My God in here, when I overcome my trigger, when I get out of that stuff that I'm in, I can be free and my generations after me can be free. Look at somebody say you a curse breaker. I'm breaking the curse of offense. I'm breaking the curse of the trauma. I'm breaking it by letting it go. Yeah, my dad may have not been in my life, but I'm not gonna do the same to mine. Yeah, I may have but I ain't gonna do the same to mine. I'm not carrying the trauma to the next place. I have to make a decision. I care more about God than to care all about this. That's maturity. Yeah, I could stay, man. Well, what is that going to do? Besides, keep me in bondage. And Jesus said, take my yoke upon you for my burden. Hallelujah. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you something. 
Jesus and the joy that he brings is better than me living in a place of bitterness. I'm trying to live. I'm not going to say I'm going to be triggered free. There are going to be triggers that develop in my life. We live in a fallen world. I didn't tell the sermon is not getting rid of your triggers. It's overcoming your trigger. I'm not going to tell you no trauma will ever happen in your life. That's a lie. Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. Oh yeah. I feel the anointing, but the Lord, he said, but he said, take heart for I have overcome the world. Stand to your feet. I feel God's anointing right here. Sweet Jesus. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. And if I be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. You may feel like you alone in this life right now, but if God be for you, who can be against me? Hallelujah. That you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Because every trauma, God, you, you all the answer is found in you. I don't have to live like this anymore. But Lord, right now, I'm pronouncing over your people right now. Heal them of the bad memory now, Jesus. Heal your people of the trauma right now in the name of Jesus. Let your people know, God, today in the name of the Lord Jesus, that their trauma is not too small. I hear that in the spirit. That it's not insignificant to you because whatever is on our heart is on your heart. God is concerned for you. <laughs> ah, thank you, Jesus. Somebody that came in this room not knowing if they felt like God was concerned for them. But God is concerned for you. And God brought you here today to let you know I have not forgotten about you. The spirit of the living God is in this room. The spirit of grace is here in this room to set free and to deliver right now in this moment in time. Lord God, we pray right now, God. Lord, let the, God help us to let go of the offense in the name of Jesus. Help us to let go of the offense <laughs> and let go of that trauma, God. Help us to forgive, oh God, so that our sins could be forgiven today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, begin to pray in this room. Something is happening right now. Come on, begin to pray in this room. Open your mouth. Don't be ashamed of who's next to you. Begin to pray in this room. Come on. Hallelujah. Close mouths. Don't get fed. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. I'm moving forward today in the name of Jesus. I'm moving forward today in the name of Jesus. Today is my day of deliverance. 
today is my day of breakthrough today is my day I'm, I'm gonna start the process of letting go of this stuff I'm gonna confront myself and I'm gonna confront that which has been tormenting me <sighs> I praise your name oh Lord in the name of Jesus I thank you Almighty God I thank you Almighty God Ooh, sweet Jesus hallelujah hallelujah ma'am right here you come here for a second the Lord put you in my spirit mom can you sign behind her please hallelujah if you don't mind can I minister to you by the Holy Spirit hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus the Lord has located you today you don't know nothing about this church but something told you to come here today I don't know you but the spirit of the living God said that this message was specifically for you in this room. And there's been times here recently you've been feeling all alone and very overwhelmed. And the spirit of the Lord said today that what has been holding, that what has been, uh, the burden has been on your shoulders today, that I'm going to give you relief in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come to curse right now a mental breakdown in the name of Jesus over your life. You will not have a breakdown. You will not feel overwhelmed. You will not feel overburdened in the name of Jesus Christ. I even step in and prophesy over your future today in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I believe by faithful God, thou the virtue of the Holy Spirit that is speaking in this moment, that God said that I have things prepared for you that are in front of you. And you may have been asking yourself how I'm going to get it done with what I already have my hands to do. I'm so busy. I'm so tied down that I'll never get to where I need to become and do what needs to be done. And God said, I've given you the grace for it today in the name of Jesus. I've given you the grace for it today. And the Lord says, forget that of what your past was in the name of Jesus, that it will no longer hold your future in the name of Jesus. Ah, I've been, I see a vision of almost like you right now feeling like chained up and tied up to the past and I declare right now by the function of the Holy Spirit that is breaking off of you now in the name of Jesus I call fire upon it hallelujah your future is still secure guess what your story is not oh my god the story of your life is not done hallelujah God has already know you're in from your beginning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and he says daughter I know and guess what I know it's been hard the last couple of years but I will do things in your life in a, such a short time that it felt like all of the pain that you've gone through guess what it would be almost like it never happened because of the speed that God would put oh my God behind your life there is no financial need you're going to have to worry about because the spirit of the living God says that if you put your hands in my hand and just let me walk you out of the most hardest years of your life I will return back to you double in the name of the Lord Jesus woman of God of hell my God you just gotta keep moving you just gotta keep going in the name of the Lord Jesus don't you get weary and well do it don't you get weary and well do it today because your due season is almost here that you're gonna reap if you faint not in the name of Jesus do I have permission to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus we pray right now God may the grace of our God
God all of your days if you reverence him all of your days watch what God do in your life compared to those who may be around you or those who you even inspire to be 
follow. You called to lead. You hear what I say? You called to lead. And I see many people look to you even right now because you're called to lead. And with being called to lead, it may seem unfair why you have to do certain things, but that's all a part of the territory because you are a leader. And God has called you to lead and lead well. And lead well. And after today, your life will never be the same. These words will forever be in your heart. If you hold on to them today, me and you will be talking in four years and saying, Pastor Brandon, remember what you told me about that scholarship? I got it for my athletics. I decree and declare it now. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands to heaven. Come on, love on my man right here. Come on, brothers, love on him. All right, I'm out of here. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, I give you the opportunity to know him. I give you the opportunity to know Jesus. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everybody in the room, every head bow, every eye close. Repeat the prayer after me so nobody feels left alone. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. I believe that you died on the cross, that you were buried for my sin, and that you rose on the third day. I want to make you the Lord over my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, if you made a decision to follow Christ, those of you who are online or in person, hallelujah, heaven is rejoicing even right now for the decision that you made. Hallelujah. If you want to become a partner at TCF, I would love to be your pastor. I would like to serve over you. Hallelujah. We're getting out of here today. I just want to dismiss it. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.